2: our Human Rights Commission. We start with a roll call from Denise Janice.
3: Good evening. This meeting will be broadcast live on CTN cable channel 16, ATT channel 99, and online at the a2gov.org slash watch CTN. Public commentary can be made in person or by calling 877-853-5247 or 888-788-0099. Enter meeting ID 996-9403-7874. Commissioner Winkler? Here. Commissioner Carlin? Here. Chair standby. Here. Commissioner Dent? Absent. Commissioner Cass will be absent today. Commissioner Ab- 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 Gazi Edwins is absent today. Commissioner Soba? Here. Council Member Nelson? Here. Council Member Redina? Here. Vice Chair Garber?
4: Here.
2: You have a quorum. Thank you. Uh, is there any anyone standing for public comment? I see no one here. No, I don't have anybody online. Well, in that case, we will go on to the agenda. Um, you've all had a chance to look at the agenda. Are there any additions or discussion? Any, any additions? Changes? Subtractions? In that case, uh, can we have a motion to approve the agenda?
5: I motion to approve the agenda.
2: I second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you. Minutes for the August 10th meeting. Do we have a motion to approve the minutes? I so move. Second? I second. Discussion? I hear no discussion. In that case, uh, are we ready for a vote? I call a vote. Mm -hmm. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Minutes are approved. Okay. Um, Next, the next thing we have to talk about uh, is outside group work. Travis and Elizabeth, anything from City Council that we should know about? Elizabeth, nothing. I'll let Travis answer. Travis, <laughs> I,
4: I just have one thing that would be potentially relevant to this body, um, if it passes. I know that at our administration committee meeting this week, there was some there was some discussion of um, uh, reflecting our our masking policy to be uh reflective of cdc guidelines and so if if washington county were in high we would mandate masks at meetings and if we were below that we would potentially loosen that restriction and make it more voluntary for folks um there were there was some discussion of uh also obviously reflecting that policy at commission meetings as well but allowing commissions to kind of set their own standards if folks were more comfortable or less comfortable. So um, that might be something that is coming. I know that it was discussed at at administration.
2: Thank you, we'll check that out for the next meeting and and try to get some reading before the meeting as to how we do this. It'd be nice to be able to speak without a mask. However, we'll see. Facial recognition, Aiden and Travis, do you have any updates?
4: yeah i also have an update there Um, obviously we have a new interim police chief Um, i have started that conversation with her um, and and tried to kind of reignite some momentum around this um, to have her kind of involved in in looking at uh, what current policies are and working with us to develop uh, something that is reflective of what the working group is trying to accomplish um, and and have also kind of re-looped in some of the initial community activists who were interested in in this uh ordinance uh, moving forward and so uh, we are trying to kind of reignite this conversation after it kind of stalled out um, previously and so uh, hopefully we will have another update for you here in the near future I know that I keep saying that (laughs) 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 but but we are hoping that uh, potentially we might start making some progress now with some some new stakeholders
2: great Asian and African af- and uh, American solidarity picnic. Um, Aisha Ghazi, who is one of the people who, who, I guess, it, uh, um, organized and established and ran this picnic, is not here, but um, she told me that she thought that there were somewhere between 250 and 300 people there, that it was a big success. Uh, I attended for a while, and I thought it was fabulous, and the the food was very, very good, and the feeling was very nice. It felt very good. Uh, Aidan Akita spoke.
6: Uh Yes. And uh, was also present, and um, I really felt uh, that it accomplished its purpose in terms of, you know, we were there, could meet people, could see... um, each other, and know that we're all, you know, working and uh, living in the same community, um, looking at uh, making the world better for everyone, and we share common cause, and I, I loved it. I walked away with a great feeling. It stayed with me all day. Yeah. I was really happy and, and hopeful that, you know, we can do more of those, and we don't just leave it to, you know, the committed few that put this together, but that, you know, We can make it bigger and keep growing it um i want to be able to be one of the you know helpers next time you know
2: (laughs) had a very nice feeling aiden
5: yeah uh, it was a fantastic event it was just a picture of community I left feeling very similarly to Keita, and I could even say hopeful for what we can do yeah. as just a community as one together. I think it was at a very pivotal time as we are deciding who our elected officials are and how we're moving forward again, just as a team, as a community as one. Uh, and Keita, you gave a very fantastic speech as well. She yeah. called to the HRC who we are, how to get a hold of us. That was really appreciated. Uh, the food was great how could I not <laughs> mention the food it was fantastic uh but just in general it was a fantastic time and it was just mm-hmm. so Ann Arbor right mm-hmm. yeah
1: Linda I just I wasn't there um but I do want to give a thank you to Leslie for at the last minute putting together that flyer that I guess Keita and you mm. yeah, and out. we'll about,
2: talk about that flyer oh,
1: okay. but, <laughs> no still, thank um, you you did it you did it um for this purpose, right sure. now we may fix it, um, make it better going forward. Well,
2: I printed a hundred of them. I don't know. I should didn't didn't get the final count, so I don't know how many got passed out. But we tried, and we, we were there, Travis.
4: Yeah, just just briefly I also mention I know, I, I don't know if everyone was still there when this happened because he came relatively late into the picnic, I think, but uh, Michigan Supreme Court Justice Bernstein also dropped by um, and reminded us that this November, we also have the opportunity to elect our first African American female justice of the Michigan Supreme Court, um, and so everyone should pay attention to their Supreme Court races and know that they can't just vote straight ticket and Get Please those races don't. In. <laughs> they have to pay extra attention to the judicial races. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: Anybody else who was there? Well, I was, uh, it, this is the second annual one. There will probably be another one next year, and it's really worth attending. I'm glad I went. Okay, following up on HRC work. Complaints. Um, jude and pam do you have anything to say about um the complaints about violations to the NVO? Just sort of generally what kinds of issues we're talking about
1: i don't have anything new to report really
2: no. um I don't
0: have any. I don't have a new report, but um, a new complaint, but an ongoing one that is disability related. It's a little protracted because of non cooperation. Disability? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I uh, reached out to the parties again this week, and if there is no um, movement, then I may recommend that the complaining party uh, mm-hmm. address their concern at a higher level than what we would do.
2: Yeah. A lot of our, prob- our some of some of our complaints have to do with disability. Some of them have to do with um, employment, and and we have also complaints about housing. Uh, Linda, you have have one you've been dealing with.
1: Uh, or yeah, we've had actually. a couple of a couple. Uh, fair chance access to- stuff. <laughs> Housing ordinance complaints recently, um, both were handled by educating the landlords about the law, and um, and they were pretty easily resolved.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Although um, we do need to further investigate Zillow's practices around their application process, their online application process, and the automatic background checks that that involves so we will do
2: that we've been getting lots of people who are helping us in uh, find places where where people don't know about that law and we're helping to educate them and maybe more we'll see um we had a complaint at one point that had to do with the uh, washington county jail and we have no jurisdiction over the jail, so we didn't do anything. But it did spur us to have to take a tour of the jail. Um, Pam, do you want to talk a little bit about what we found? Mm-hmm.
0: So Leslie and I um, met with. Um, there were several people who actually joined us on the tour. The tour began in the conference room that they use. A a lieutenant who will be retiring in 10 months gave us an overview of what every uh, employee at the jail is responsible for adhering to. There's a set of rules and regulations and procedures. It kind of summarizes itself in being uh, treating everyone with dignity and respect. That includes staff, uh, individuals who are brought there who are uh, either voluntarily or uh, involuntarily um, And so we spent a good hour reviewing that information that they presented, very comprehensive. Um, And uh, then we were given a tour. We met individuals who are employed by the county jail from the outside to assist those who work there or who are mandated to be there. Uh, Then we were given a tour of several of the areas of the jail. There was an older part that we were shown and given a history of what used to govern. Um, And we met the executive assistant there as well to the sheriff. We all know her as Kathy Wyatt. And um, then we were taken to a newer part of the jail and shown the difference from what used to be and how they treated individuals who uh, were um, required to be there. And then what they currently experience or enjoy. The allegations in the complaint were that the jail is severely understaffed and that individuals are treated badly. While we toured the premises, we did not see that. We were told of instances of um, types of behavior that they would have to deal with on a regular basis and how they had procedures in place to address those concerns. While we were there, we heard noises and we asked and inquired about what that meant and they explained that there are certain sections of the jail where they have to engage in certain types of restraint to um, not only protect the individual who may be engaging in behavior that is is harmful either to themselves or to others Um, and so while we didn't witness or observe that we certainly heard um, louder uh, noises that were emanating from a certain area in the jail. Long story short, um, it came away, I did, and I'm sure uh, Leslie did too, with uh, um, uh, a mindset that some of the concerns that were expressed in the complaint, which was anonymous, um, did not appear to have um, any basis in fact. We did not witness or observe what was alleged in the complaint, not saying it didn't occur, just saying we didn't see it. We didn't observe it. It certainly wasn't shared during our uh, over, I think we were there over two hours, weren't we, Leslie? It was a long time. Yeah. Yes. Um, and all of our questions were answered. We believe they were forthright and conser- um, co- um, concise. They acknowledged the discrepancies, for example, the short staffness that they have. What uh, struck me was that. They, they uh, um, were very emphatic, and it seemed to be evident in their demeanor and the, um, the behavior and what we saw of others who either joined us on the tour or were willing to share comments of their own experiences. Um, like many organizations, they are not unique in being understaffed, but they have a certain criteria where they don't um, accept just anyone who makes application for employment. And I found that to be... Um, very uh, open and honest uh, because they learned from past mistakes of what they used to do and what they currently do. I came away with the impression that they truly make an effort to demonstrate the humanness of all of the persons employed or who may find themselves there either with or against, you know, for their own good or or against their own uh, wishes. Um, they acknowledge that um, they're not perfect and who of us are, but that they are striving on a daily basis to correct any deficiencies that are brought to their attention and to be proactive in certain things, to incorporate things that would be ideal not only for the staff, but for those who find themselves there for whatever reason. Um, I. Um, felt that the answers that I asked they speak a lot of alphabet acronyms so I had them define what that was and share what it meant they were very forthcoming in that Um, and then they acknowledge that even though they have made progress they still have a long way to go and they're willing to put forth the effort and do what it takes to ensure that they demonstrate what they say not only what they say, but what they are doing on a regular basis. And so overall, um, I felt a positiveness um, upon leaving, and I felt that um, they weren't necessarily trying to hide or avoid or ignore even some of the concerns that had been expressed in the complaint. They also extended an open invitation for any and all of us to join, Mm -hmm. to visit on a regular, and to see... They made a point of saying we're not trying to hide anything from you, and I got the impression that they weren't. I don't think that they were deliberate in trying to avoid any areas. They did acknowledge that certain areas were off limits or were closed, and in part that was due to understaffing. But for the most part, I believe that what we saw, what we witnessed, what we observed, was um, contrary to what had been um, defined in the complaint, and that would be my um, assessment of the of the tour. And um, while we're not investigating the complaint and have no intentions of doing so, my personal opinion is that um, some of the allegations, if not most of them, did not have merit. They just didn't appear to be evident. And um, from what I observed, I'm not certain that if an investigation um, is um, um, commenced, I don't know that that what was alleged in the complaint would would bear fruit to. Resulting in a positive outcome,
2: at least for the complaining party. Um, I, I too, was impressed, but I also was aware that we saw the people who were less dangerous, less, you know, um, charged with less serious crimes. And I was impressed that they talked about correction versus punishment, Mm -hmm. and they were trying to get people, uh, their ability to reenter enter well they they spent a lot of time and interest in that and energy thinking about how to do it um i think i think they'd like to work with us if we if we could find something i mean they're they're very they really do want to make it better Mm -hmm. i think i did forward the complaint to people who could do an investigation and i think they should not because it's an emergency but because investigations are always Mm -hmm. important because they're down a lot of staff Mm -hmm and there there might be a learning possibility but and i don't expect them i don't know what they'll find mm-hmm. i mean I, 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 you just don't know it's not our jurisdiction we can't do anything about it but we could take it more people could take a tour and we might find some ways that we can connect and be helpful mm-hmm. to work together so it was very interesting and if people want to do it let me know and <laughs> i'll arrange it and, and 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 it was it was fun mm-hmm. i mean it was it was very—you you left feeling very good about it, and then you had to come think. Well, I really don't. You know, I mm-hmm. have to watch the conclusions I draw from this. But it—it yeah. it looks good, it, and it did look staged. It just—you mm-hmm. just don't know if you don't even seen the whole thing, and been there for a month too, probably working there to know for mm-hmm. sure.
6: I mean, I—I want to add that, but uh, the picnic was past weekend, um, sort of emphasized to me the fact that we were uh, having lunch with folks from Ypsilanti and Pittsfield, Township, and um, we, I think, really should look at broader coalitions and collaborating, right? That's on um, my
2: agenda. Yes. <laughs>
6: uh-huh. <laughs> so, okay, I'm just saying, that that
2: came to mind. <laughs> right, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm just going to follow the agenda. Um, trespass. We have a we have a meeting coming up. Linda, you want to just mention what it's about and what we're trying Uh, to do? Well,
1: we are finally this working group that includes some HRC members and um, Lieutenant Patrick McGuire from the police department and Deputy City Attorney Ariane Slay um, to revise the trespass notice really to start from scratch and make it much more user friendly and clear and hopefully do something about the um, <clears throat> the one year, always, um, duration of the trespass notice. So we're gonna meet tomorrow morning and hopefully make some progress.
2: Good, looking forward to it. Um, okay, uh, outreach. Now we can talk about the flyer. And I do have copies of the flyer, <laughs> I think, yes. Which, which I think you've all seen. Mm-hmm. But in case you haven't, mm-hmm. let's see. i just gonna pass this out before the meeting. I okay, have one. Okay. Judah. Yeah. I'll give one to
0: Liz. Mm-hmm.
2: As Linda pointed out, we... Yeah, yeah. We had a flyer. We have a very uh, a, a age-old flyer that we have, we've gone to for many years. And after seeing the one that Diane Diana had given us last time, we were talking about the need for a new flyer. And she had drafted. She had mocked one up. It wasn't full fully done, but it was mocked up, and it looked a lot better than ours. And it made some sense. Huh. Yes talking to the mic. Um, And so I took the flyer that she had mocked up and made a few changes and got together with Diana and Linda, and we finalized it, but you might want to have some changes because we've got another, we've got other things coming up where this flyer might come in handy. And we'd like a good, colorful, nicely stated in English flyer. So any comments about this flyer, which I hope you read before? Do you want to take a few minutes just to look at it, <laughs> or do you want to come back just <laughs> come back to well, me another time with it? Well, oh.
6: my, my one comment is that I'd like to see larger text.
2: Okay, I mean, in just terms in of,
6: terms of ease of mm-hmm.
2: you, you mean know, in reading. terms of the font, mm-hmm. F- font particularly size, particularly
6: on the white portions. Okay. I think the purple portions are fine.
2: Okay. Anything else?
1: Well, I just would like to point out that this was done in a kind of rushed way. I yes. think that, I think we can take a little more time and make it better mm-hmm. and definitely, yeah, making it more readable, uh, would be a big part of that. Um, yeah, big, bigger font and less blank space and mm-hmm. we should think about substantively what other information we want to convey on a one-page sheet. We can look at our older flyer and compare it. Um, But I mean, I think this is a great start. I don't think there's a lot more that's needed, but um, maybe we could all just look at it and send in some
2: comments. Well, please look at it and, and make some changes if you want. I don't want it to have too many words, so I don't want it to have an awful lot you, you, more information.
6: You, you know, it's possible, too, that we need more than one flyer. Oh, yes. Right.
2: Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. But this is, just, this is just who are first, we and what. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we've got your back, and, and here's our phone number. Call us. Mm-hmm. I think it's what we need for this. Yeah. We will need more. So get, please get back to me with that. I, uh, we're gonna need something soon. Um, other outreach. Um, I sent you, we're, we've got a program going on with University of Michigan School of Social Work, one class this time, with Aisha in 2020, it was two, it was two group, two classes. This is one class, four groups, so it's a lot less project but it it is a research project for them where they ask where they do research on a human rights kind of issue an issue that we've were interested in they scope out the problem and they scope out what has been done or what could be done to mitigate the problem and it's uh, They're very interesting. It's kind of a win-win for us and for the social work students because both of us are getting a lot out of it. Um, They came up with four. They're going to have four groups and they've got four titles of things they want to explore and they've asked for some input from us so we I sent that to people and some of you have already given me feedback and that's terrific. Please give me feedback say tomorrow so I can Get back to the professor and give, tell her what, what we want to do. I think that'll be interesting. If there's something you're especially interested in, or you want to say, you know, if uh, feel free to call on me anytime Or especially if it's something you feel especially interested in, or especially knowledgeable about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will pass on your your name, and I might pass on your name even if you don't do that. But but if you're you know if you 're interested in mentoring these people or helping them in some way that would be great. Um, they're excited, and that 's wonderful and then maybe they can come up with wonderful some definitely some research we can use and maybe some solutions that they've seen in other municipalities that have worked there um, so that's that's one thing the second thing is. Diana and I—I I think it was—I think it was fall of last year, of this year, or the, the end of spring term, I guess it is. Um, we got together with two people who were from the uh, LSNA school of school um, government, the government, LSNA's government. Mm-hmm. And they want to put on a presentation to students about Know Your Rights. What do we need to know about the, the city, <laughs> if we go out in the city? Who do we call if we have problems? Um, what are our rights in this city? And Diana and I, are very, we're very interested. We'd like a few other people, some of them younger than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
5: Leslie, I'd be happy to assist with that. That I would be great. Call holler back to my student government days and, and use my youth, hopefully. It's a good benefit.
2: I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to meet with them soon because they're ready to start planning that presentation, what content they need. And, and I suspect we probably will have to partner with U of M police, and that would be u- useful, too, because mm-hmm. we don't know for sure who does what, and that would be a good way to find out. Um, And then, Keita, you were were talking, and you just sort of said it, how we don't know the people who are on the other human rights commissions, and there aren't that Mm -hmm. many, in our uh, county, and what we can do to partner with them. Or to yeah. help them in some way or collaborate in some way. At least we ought to know who they are.
6: Right, because I, I know there is an Ypsilanti Human Relations Commission, but I've never, you know, we've never worked with them or what their We did years agenda. ago,
2: but then it came it No, came no, I, I just meant
6: since my, since <laughs> yes. I've been on. <laughs> yes. I feel now like Aiden saying, I don't
2: know what happened,
6: and, you know, years ago. But uh, that would be, it would be a wonderful thing to get together and really look at what are their key Um, you know, projects and then there's the rest of Washtenaw County. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that we've got equity and inclusion officers uh, pretty much now in in all the cities and in the county, and I think there are opportunities to really collaborate on some things.
2: Okay, does anybody want to take that as a task? just to find out who these people are? I would like to. Terrific. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Now we come to a proposed ordinance amendment. This has to do with uh, alternative IDs, IDs that Particular ID might would be the Washtenaw County ID.
6: Oh, are we ready to talk about the I think ID? We are.
2: All right. And, um, and okay. I, we talked a little bit about it before. KETA um, has drafted, and I sent you a copy of a draft of a resolution and a draft of a, of wording for amendment. And all of you who've been here a long time know that it takes a long, long time for us to, that it starts with one draft and then we go, we iterate a lot. Which means we try to include everybody, we try to make it right before we give it to city council I and mean, it takes a long time. And this one's got some complexities and, and, and it looks actually deceptively easy. And the more I talk to Keita about it, the more I realize how how important it is and how complex it is in, Mm -hmm. and how much I don't know about it. So I asked Keita to talk a little bit about how she came to the idea in the beginning about uh, the need for a Washtenaw card, ID card, Mm -hmm. what kinds of things they're finding when people don't accept that card and why it's so important for us to have an amendment that that doesn't allow, discrimination because they don't have another kind of an idea that they have that idea instead. And then we can ask Keita questions about what she's got so far and mm-hmm. move on to the next iteration, <laughs> which okay. will come soon.
6: All right. I, um, I want to start uh, prior to the paperwork that we sent out. And I want to take you all back to um, the release of um, the 9-11 Commission's recommendations, that um, states um, begin to restrict access to state IDs and driver's licenses, and uh, part, of what, part of that occurred in Michigan in 2008, and original documents, foundational original documents began to be required of everyone. And and if you could not prove uh, legal presence in the country, you were excluded from having access to a driver's license or a state ID. We'll put that aside for a moment. What happened, however, is that um, the legislature's requirement for original uh, foundational documents like birth certificates incorporated inadvertently, I think, Um, a catch-22, which is they required you to have an original birth certificate to get a state ID or driver's license. But they also required other uh, agencies in the state, required that you have a government-issued photo ID to get your birth certificate. And that was true for, I think I counted 30-something states So that began to transpire. People's driver's licenses expired. So now I am an executive director sitting at my desk. It's 2012, and I'm not involved really in the ID movement. Staff called and said that they had a strange uh, issue that they needed me to uh, become involved in and and resolve. my agency had been asked to uh, help um, a, uh, a woman who was approximately 70, 75 years old, she was Caucasian, to, uh, re- to move from the hospital where she had been uh, back home. And she had diabetes and needed a doctor's appointment, she had insurance. Uh, we discovered that uh, the hospital had lost all of her original identification documents. She had nothing left. And uh, so I contacted the Secretary of State's office and after being passed from person to person to person and taking this for three days, I was finally told that there were no temporary IDs available, there were no emergency identification cards to be handed out, and there was no solution. I then contacted folks who um, work with undocumented folks because they're trying to get uh, medical care for individuals without um, ID on a daily basis. And they told me, you know, Packard Clinic, because uh, they have such a big heart, will help anyone at any time. But I began to call other agencies to say, has anybody else run into this problem? And just by asking the question, I became the repository for all of these communities to say, "Yes, our folks can no longer are no longer being allowed to sign leases because landlords want uh, a valid state ID to sign a lease with someone." Um, I got calls that uh, seniors were not. Uh, being allowed to enter uh, rehab facilities because they were also requiring um, government-issued ID. Um, Food pantries were now requiring government-issued ID. Uh, Bank accounts that you had opened previously when your uh, driver's license was valid, uh, you could no longer access because now your driver's license had expired. Uh, And the list went on and on and it continues to go on. People would go to work, stop in at the same uh, store where they picked up a beer for 10 years and all of a sudden uh, they wouldn't be served, they'd be refused. And that's when we began to realize the scope of the problem of denying all of these communities access to uh, a government issued ID card that would verify their basic information. Who they are, their age, their address, where they live, the sort of fundamental data that people want to collect before they enter into a contract with you. This was never more than to say uh, this legislation is uh, overreaching, it's overbroad, because it's excluding folks from a system that is necessary for them to access other fundamental goods. And uh, we began to look into alternatives, we um, began to form a large task force composed of representatives from all of the affected communities and I left out homeless and disabled folks, I mean, the list went on, it was huge. And uh, the sheriff was also involved because they have, law enforcement has a vested interest in being able to identify who's in this community. Um, we had a task force, uh, the county, um, at that point, chair of the county commission, uh, Yusuf Robbie, um and uh, the clerk, Larry Kestenbaum, Step forward and said, you know, I know that uh, this is a problem. It is in my wheelhouse, because the county clerk's office, you know, manages uh, demographic information about constituents and they manage birth certificates. So uh, the work began. But it was interesting to me that whenever I gave a presentation, people always assumed that this was about the undocumented community, and yes, I believe that on a human rights level, you don't want anyone to live without utilities. You don't want parents to be unable to pick their children up from school. Not as a person, I don't believe we mean that we don't want to create that kind of world, and that's why I was so vehement about we have to do something, because this has created a group, a vast group of second-class citizens and non-citizens. I mean, you know, without a uh, government-issued ID, uh, you can't apply for a job, because you can't complete the identity portion of the I-9. It, it just, it's crazy. So, after I think two years of work, uh, we looked into different solutions, and uh, the task force and all of the communities agreed if law enforcement would accept it, then a government, a local government issued ID would meet their needs because. We'd done the research, and we'd identified that most fundamental daily needs, like picking cough medicine up for your child, um, riding Amtrak, riding Greyhound, um, could be met. All of those requirements, buying a beer, could be met with a government-issued ID that specified, you know, the basic demographics and had your picture. Okay. So we proceeded, uh, and the Washtenaw County ID was released in June of 2015. We were the fifth uh, local government ID in the country, the first in the Midwest. Uh, um, Detroit followed. Um, We developed uh, an eligibility criteria system that was based on points because um, different communities had different problems meeting the state's uh, eligibility criteria. So for instance, we we refer to uh, folks who cannot establish valid visa presence as undocumented. When in fact, uh, most individuals that I worked with who were born outside the country have numerous Original birth certificates and voter cards to establish their identity. It was uh, folks, citizens born in the United States who lacked those foundational birth certificates. Homeless folks, you know, with, with these documents are easily lost. Senior citizens with these documents have been lost. But because they went to the same places and did their business, you know, with the same bank. It was never a problem until 2008. And then, just because the staff knew you was no longer good enough. Uh, and it really rose to be what I recognized as a violation of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, Article 6, which states that everyone shall have the right to recognition everywhere as a person before the law. the Universal Declaration of Human Rights was written shortly after the end of World War II. And some folks who were uh, tormented in a less than uh, extreme manner were stripped of their identification documents and then told You cannot marry because you cannot prove who you are. You cannot travel because you cannot prove who you are. You cannot prove who your family members are. You cannot prove what you own. Simply by the stripping of documents, you were no longer able to even stand before court. Eleanor Roosevelt chaired the committee that drafted the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. She learned that in the United States, The Dred Scott decision established that no African Americans should ever be deemed a person or a citizen before the law. And she then championed that article. And it was established that this was a second way, a second means of preventing the creation of second class citizens or residents. And I thought this is what is happening. Because there are folks who cannot accomplish some very daily, necessary, fundamental things. And uh, so we, we began, we organized it as a human rights campaign. And um, it passed in Detroit, and then the Detroit ID, same eligibility criteria, same system, same points program. So if you don't have a birth certificate, you can use a different, like your social security card, um, to establish your identity. There are different ways of making 300 points. And because we were uh, doing a lot of outreach to folks that could not meet the state's eligibility criteria, we borrowed heavily from the federal system for establishing identity, right? So. Uh, none of what we request was invented out of whole cloth. We based it on other systems and um, uh, then Kalamazoo County also adopted it. So the three ID cards, Washington counties uh, the Detroit ID and the Kalamazoo County ID are all these human rights IDs all created between 2015 and 2017. So for the last 10 years, Sorry, my math is bad. Eight years. Uh, we've been watching to see um, how how are we doing? Did we accomplish the the goal? First, law enforcement has been fabulous, and uh, they recognize the card, accept the card. Um, caution, folks, that it is not a driver's license. However, they recognize, as we recognize, that people are going to pick their children up from school. They have, you know, that's just part of living, and they're going to go to work. But of course, they have to have them pull off the road. But they don't seize the card. This is their form of my identification. Homeless folks have the card. Um, people are no longer afraid to report crime because they can prove who they are. To police, and that had been a problem, even when they or their children were the victims of crime. Um, we had teenagers report that their fathers were sometimes afraid to leave the house because they had no ID, and should anything happen to them, no one would be able to tell their families. I mean, it just—it's gut wrenching when you think about living um, with that inability to tell people who you are and establish your your, your right to be there. So um, it has been successful in terms of uh, helping people uh, interface more comfortably with law enforcement. Um, It has been really successful in enabling people to access utility services. municipal services, county services, and um, birth certificates. Um, It has uh, been very successful in helping people apply for jobs. In fact, the one, um, uh, I think we did a survey, 73% of all folks that applied for the ID used the card to apply for jobs. Um, So it was successful in that regard. It was not successful in enabling individuals, particularly um, folks from the Latinx community, to access some things like service at a restaurant when they order alcohol, um, a bottle of wine. The idea is not accepted, even if they've got gray hair. Um, housing if you are not Latino there's a, a separate tier of, uh, of I would call it um, where people feel deputized let's say that to, um, to police and to surveil right so uh, I'm, I question whether you have a right to be here in this country therefore I'm not going to sell you what I, I don't think you, should, you deserve, because you maybe shouldn't be here, that kind of deputization, I mean. Um, so less successful in that regard, and really unsuccessful in restoring people's ability to um, interact with certain institutions um, at, at with dignity, like right? uh, banks. I'm, I've been called any number of times and asked to accompany people to the bank. And uh, when one individual had a mental illness, uh, the banker simply wouldn't do business with him. I had to take his uh, power of attorney in order to uh, pull uh, retirement money out of his account and move it into a disability trust so that he could qualify for Medicaid. That's, Uh, There are things that uh, I see that I would like to address because I know that the regulations and the state statutes and the federal statutes uh, do not mandate the identification cards that uh, vendors and businesses are telling people are required. And uh, it is almost impossible for me to visit every pharmacy and enable folks to access cough syrup. Uh, And I think that this becomes more like um, source of income discrimination in that, just like source of income discrimination, uh, housing subsidies were provided to lower and moderate income families, to enable them to access housing in Ann Arbor, but it required a public-private partnership. I mean, the public could help, the government could help provide the subsidy, but the landlords had to accept it. And when they didn't, we added it to the non-discrimination ordinance. And I think there were certainly situations uh, where it is the same, where it is type of ID discrimination. It is a government-issued ID. Uh, there are places where the federal government says, you know, you can sign the I-9 if you are issued a an ID from a local, state, federal, government entity, as long as it is a photograph. And why that uh, is not able to also um, entitle you to an adult beverage when the state law in Michigan is that it needs to indicate your age. Right? Uh, There's some intervention, some human rights intervention that will help, I think, create the kind of community that we all want and um, so uh, I would like us to begin to look at how we might be able to do that. And um, so I'm requesting uh, that we work groups to look at, at maybe amending the, um, the non-discrimination ordinance to include um, type and proof of identity.
2: Questions? Thank you. That's a good job. <laughs> I hope not. Questions?
6: Did you, I'll uh, read the... No, I'm asking, can you...
2: It... Oh, <laughs> did you Did you read the um, resolution, which, which sort of summarizes all this? I mean, I'm wondering if you have questions about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Well, you know what I'd actually ask? I would
6: actually ask that the work group get to start from the beginning mm-hmm. because that resolution starts from, let's look at... creating a, a building a bridge, right, a public private bridge that can help this ID accomplish its purpose, when I think the work group needs to begin with, here are all the populations affected, here, um, here are all of the statutes that I have researched, um, so that people have some confidence in, you know, in its validity. Uh, so, let, if we could hold off on this resolution, okay, that would be good.
2: good. We've got a group that is uh, that has volunteered to work with Kita. Uh, Denise has offered to create a Zoom and Thank schedule you. the meeting. Thank you. So, are we uh, ready to let this group go to work? We've got a good start. Thank you very much, Kita. I'd just like to
1: say thank you again for all your work on this and creating the idea in the first place and then seeing what we can do to protect it.
6: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I don't know if you guys have been readers of Eleanor Roosevelt, but she was asked 10 years after the passage of the uh, Declaration of Human Rights, where do human rights begin? And she said, uh, in small places close to home. Hmm. All right because it is in our communities where everyone uh, expects and looks for equal treatment. And to me, that was all the motivation I needed. Like, okay then, let's go.
2: This is is why we're here. (laughs) And I'm proud of all of us. I think this is wonderful.
6: Yes, that's what we're all doing.
2: Mm Yeah. Is there any new business Any commissioner communications? Any more discussion? Well, in that case, do we have a motion to adjourn?
5: I have a motion to adjourn.
2: Second? I second. All in favor? Aye. Uh, Aye. Thank you all. Thank you.